Welcome to From the Heart with Daniel Groom and Dawn Lister of Anahata Yoga Center. Today we are talking with Ruth McNeil, Simon Lowe and Vicky Stevenson, who are from the Yoga Garden Party team. The Yoga Garden Party team raise money for the Hope Foundation, which supports and raises money for communities in Calcutta. Now I've heard about the Hope Foundation over the years number of times um, and I'm really excited to find out a little bit more about what they do and who they are and what incredible work it is they're doing for our brothers and sisters on the other side of the world. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm really um, honoured to have this conversation. But before we kick off, let's just check in with how we all are, how we're doing, what's going on in our world, and, you know, let's just set the tone for the day. So, Daniel, how are you? Hi, Dawn. I am well, thank you. Um, I was just reflecting on what to bring to this little section, and it seems like I talk about TV a lot, so I'm going to expand my repertoire of things that I talk about. <laughs> and I've just actually um, finished reading um, a book um, by Graham Norton. Um, it's called Home Stretch, and I don't know if anyone's okay. read any of his books before but this particular book it's the third novel that is written and it is absolutely brilliant it's such a clever concept of a, a group of group of teenagers who are in a car crash together and a few of them die in the car crash and it's about how their lives kind of evolve from that crash onwards and it's all all based around um southern um western ireland and kind of the the way that their communities kind of you know are very closed off to to dealing with trauma dealing with things that are different in their lives is such an amazing amazing book i would thoroughly recommend everyone to read it um it really kind of it really got me thinking about the subject of trauma, which obviously is a really difficult subject, but he writes in such an eloquent and beautiful way, but there's this real kind of darkness to the storyline but actually there's a lot of lightness and actually the book is all about hope and actually forgiving and forgiveness so it's a really wonderful book and I would highly recommend people reading it. Mm. I've, I've read I've not read that one I thought I had I've read his previous two uh, and he's a real talent and I don't know why I was so surprised but it blew me away reading his his stuff I think he's amazing he's, he's just he kind of he taps into um, lived experience. That's my. That would be my expression. You can feel that he's he's got it, hasn't he? Really understands it. Um, I've been. I'm the same actually. I've been reading loads. I've got. I counted last night. I've got eight books by my bedside, um, and se several of them are very worthy spiritual books. They're at the bottom of the pile. I'm not going to lie. And then and the, and then at the top is is um, I'm rereading um, She Who Runs with Wolves, by I think it's Clarissa Pink. Pinkes Estes, I'm hopeless remembering names, but if you haven't read it, it's incredible. It's kind of about archetypes and so on, but you know, yeah, I think this time of year, you kind of want to read, don't you? It's wet, it's cold, you just want to snuggle up and, you know, take in some, and also read stuff maybe you've read before. I've read the book three times already. It's kind of like picking up an old friend, I think, reading an old book. What about you guys? How are you all? What are you What are you getting up to? How are you feeling? Um, where will we start? Ruth, how are you? Um, well, thank you, Dawn. Um, I am 
almost finished teaching for the year. I've got one more one-to-one -to, -one to go and then I am officially on Christmas holiday. Yay! Excited about, yeah, <laughs> this is it, nearly there. Great, good. And what about you, Simon? How are you? What have you been up yeah, to? Very good, thanks. Yeah, I'm just finished filming a class for the platform which I launched recently, the home yoga dot life. And um, it was it was much needed actually, as I got stuck into the practice myself, because it's been an interesting 24 hours. And as something has happened, which actually might well be worth talking about. Um, I'm not sure how free I am to, to talk, go into too much detail, but you may have heard that there was a bomb threat yesterday made to all of the Troy Yoga Studios. No, I didn't and, know. And um, this was uh, in, inevitably was followed up by the police and it appears to have been a hoax. But along with the, um, the warning of a, a bomb threat in, in the studios, there was also uh, a direct threat to myself and one other, teacher in London who I'll leave nameless um, and it's just rather sad that this is this occurs even with an with a subject such as or a practice such as yoga which for me the whole um, circumstance reflects the key clasher of avidya I mean it's just ignorance that um, somebody who claims that yoga is the work of the devil and that myself and another particularly named teacher are satanists as are all yoga teachers it just shows incredible ignorance as to how yoga is it, firstly it's not a religion it is not contrary to any religion in fact it very explicitly supports and honors all religion and offers itself as a support to any religion or belief system or offers itself as a, as a, a practice in itself. And it's, it's, it was just rather alarming yesterday because of course it affects you know, family and, and individuals, not, not least of which the many, many people who um, were affected by this threat at, you know, at the studios and what, what needed to, to happen to make sure it wasn't um, real. Um, I'm not sure whether I've overstepped uh, the mark and put Troy Yoga um, in uh, uh, um, uh, an unhelpful light, because of course it's not their fault that somebody should pick on that particular uh, brand. Perhaps, you know, my name is associated because of being one of the founders, but it's really a, a comment on yoga in general. And uh, Troy Yoga, of course, being very innocent to this, as is everybody, but it's uh, it is sad that that it gets to this point, you know, as if people haven't got enough to worry about at this time. But it does, as, as I said, it, it can, perhaps for a future podcast, which I'd be very interested to join you on, is around this whole subject of yoga and religion and how people react to yoga and how people inappropriately um, with a lot less knowledge and understanding of yoga and its teachings, spout untruths and fearful, unhelpful teachings. Uh, and yes, I find it very sad. Uh, Simon, 
for, first of all, I'm so heart sorry to hear this. I mean, it's made me feel quite emotional. I think I'm, I'm very glad you're safe and that everybody is safe, first thing. Um, what a shock to have had to deal with, deal with that. And thank you for, despite this shock, you know, being uh, kind enough to come on today, because that's a big, a big thing. And and regarding a further conversation, a hundred percent couldn't agree more. I was brought up in a, in a cult, and yoga. When I became involved in yoga, it was a real problem. Uh, you know, my family kind of withdrew as a result of that. And it's you know, and I've kind of in my head somehow found. I see people being very fearful. You know, it's it's different, isn't it? They don't understand it and anything that shakes their ideology which is set in stone and you know if, if it isn't this way we're not safe uh is you know it's, it's heartbreaking it's it's I, i've somehow managed to come to a place of peace around that um because that's what i see i see fear but it's it's a very interesting topic and one for a much wider conversation so yeah let's let's make time for that and I'm really I'd just like to say at this point, um, for anybody who's listening, that please don't. We um, don't wish to tempt fate, but it appears to have been uh, a hoax. But um, um, I please don't be afraid to attend yoga studios. Um, I think there are just one or two people out there who um, seem to feel that um, making making threats. Um, is going to serve their um, whatever it is that they're trying to serve. And it, it, please don't be scared. Yoga is um, is somewhere where we need to be able to go and feel safe and secure and able to completely relax and let go. And I know that Jonathan and all of the studio um, owners and and, and managers in, in, in the world do their best to try and create this space. But these things will happen. And sadly, it's possibly not for the first time because I have had one or two quite um, strong discussions with uh, vicars and priests and monks and um, all sorts of uh, different um individuals in different um, religious and and other circumstances and it's a it i think this discussion is a valuable one to have to air this field and trying to just dispel this uh, seemingly apparent conflict between yoga and other religions which does not actually exist no, only the choice of man yeah you're so, you're so right and isn't it true that yoga should be our refuge and it is our refuge and you know all, all are welcome in that refuge in that safe space so um, let's put a pin on that let's come back to that let's make a plan to have that conversation i'm really going to look forward to i think that'll be really um important and uh, beautiful a beautiful conversation to have so um who haven't i asked is it ruth we haven't spoken vicky, vicky <laughs> sorry same. I did say I had a menopausal brain. Vicky, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so yeah, I've just finished teaching for the year. So I'm enjoying just stepping back for a little while. And I think pausing, processing, you know, it's been the winter solstice as well this week, which I think is a big time to kind of pause as we move towards the light, start to move towards the spring. 
a real time to process what's been quite a challenging year for majority of people, an awful lot of change, an awful lot going on, an awful lot that we do need to process. So enjoying just that time to pause. Um, I've as well got a big pile of books. Uh, Women That Run With The Wolves is on my pile as well. I keep this in and out of it. Um, that's, I had absolutely no idea that Graham Norton had written novels. Mm. And that sounds actually not what I would have expected him to write at all. So I'm quite interested to go and look that up. I'm also just started reading Breath by James Nestor, mm. which looks really fascinating. I've heard so many people raving about it. So I'm looking forward to dipping into that one. So I've got quite a few books on my path to be working through over this downtime. Oh, sounds wonderful. We've just started playing chess again. Um, which I haven't played since I was a kid. And I'm really, I mean, I'm rubbish. I'm not going to lie, but I love it. It's really good fun. And it's quite, it's quite nice to try something a bit different, isn't it? Other than, you know, the usual watching telly and eating chocolate for weeks. Um, I used okay. to love it. a great game. It is, isn't it? It's such a great game. My, um, my kids have been um, playing it with me. And given that they've never played before and I just taught them and they're still beating me, it's kind of worrying, really. <laughs> <laughs> I was was best captain when I was at prep school and the only actual school match we we played I lost (laughs) but um, yeah something I think you have to really work at it don't you it's like it's all about strategy and I'm I'm really not I'm not there yet I still I'm playing it like draft so I've got I've got to work a bit harder on that one and memory which I've long since lost (laughs) me too memory's long gone Right, let's crack on. We could just chat all day, which, you know, is always the trouble that happens with these podcasts. We get talking and we lose the reason why we're here. So we are here for a very important reason. So let's let's lay a foundation. Let's find out a little bit about who you are, what got you into yoga, uh, what each of you do in terms of what your specialisms, if you have any particular specialism in yoga, and about the businesses you run that are related to, to practice. So let's start with Ruth. Can we, can, could you give us some background around yourself sure so um i have been practicing yoga um since i was little i've got uh fairly alternative parents and was very much of the opinion that yoga wasn't for me it was their thing and i wasn't gonna go down that road but of course uh too much resistance is uh you know obvious uh, the other the opposite happened and um when i was pregnant with my daughter i got really into yoga and it really saw me through my pregnancy in a way that i didn't ever expect it to and from then on I was really uh yeah much more into my practice um but I didn't think that I'd ever want to teach yoga it wasn't even something that uh was on my horizon and uh, a couple of people suggested it to me and my yoga teacher suggested it to me and um she trained with Simon and so I had absolutely no idea who Simon was or anything about yoga academy but it, it looked great and I went along and um, yeah, the rest is history. That was it. I was, love my teacher training. I've been teaching for 10 years. Um, I also teach Pilates, which I think it was actually you, Simon, that recommended that I do Pilates because I'm hypermobile mm-hmm. um, in pretty much all my joints. And that's become incredibly uh, useful for my own practice, my yoga practice, but also for teaching. And I seem to have ended up, as these things go, teaching quite a lot of hypermobile people, dancers. Um, and um, yeah, so this is, you know, one of the things I've ended up doing more of, I suppose. And so I really like teaching Pilates to support yoga, but also sort of more therapeutic um, 
and rehabilitative Pilates and yoga. Um, and then the other end of the, the spectrum away from the physical is I've just completed the SOAS Masters in the Traditions of Yoga and Meditation, which is completely blow my mind, open my eyes and had all kinds of amazing stuff. Yeah. Oh, Ruth, I'll have to um, tap you up about that later because I'm quite interested in, did you do the MA? I did the MA, yeah, and I did yeah. it for three years because I've been, you know, working and family life, and, uh -huh. and it's been an absolutely yeah, fantastic journey and really complemented, complemented also really kind of um, dispelled a lot of what I knew and thought about yoga, so it's been a really, it's been a, it's a really crazy journey of mm. learning and unlearning and relearning and then kind of coming back to everything, but yeah, I really recommend it and I mean, it's, it's very rigorous in terms of academic work, which I was so, you know, I hadn't studied since my A-levels properly, you know, I kind of dipped in and out of university degrees. And, and so, yeah, to go back to academic uh, life has been really like a, a bit of a wake up, but yeah, absolutely loved it. And want to do more in that area, but keep the teaching going on. Just, just for our listeners mm. uh, who won't know what that is, can you just say in a, like a couple of sentences what it is you've just done? In terms of the masters. masters yeah what does that involve what's it about so it's looking at the um origins and traditions of yoga um, from the very earliest uh texts um but in an academic way so this is the difference i think from a teacher training perspective is that you're looking at it purely in an academic rather than practice-based way mm -hmm. um and you can pick there's some kind of open choice modules you can study sanskrit as one of those um, and you can look at different South Asian religions and traditions. So you could study Jainism and Buddhism and Buddhist meditation is part of this MA. So it's looking at the synthesis between yoga and Buddhism, which is really interesting. And there's lots and lots of great research being done on bringing those two things together in a way that has a lot of you know, uh, veracity in those early traditions. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Please? That's perfect. That's I, I, sounds fascinating, actually. Something I'd love to do. Yeah, well, I, I recommend I have, it. I haven't got time. We're not going to go there. Right <laughs> you know, maybe for the future, it would be. It sounds fascinating. Thank mm. you, thank you for that. Um, so let's move on to Simon. Can you give us some background around yourself? We'd be we'd love to hear. Um, okay, <laughs> it's been a long and quite varied journey, beginning. Um, in the music business, as you may or may not be aware, I was in. Uh, I was an agent, and then into A and R, in London, and then in New York for RCA Records. And it was during the latter period of my time as vice president of RCA that I really found that the politics and the lifestyle were not serving me that well. Emotionally, I wasn't dealing that well with the high level of politics and physically um, I wasn't doing so good either and I had a debilitating lower back problem and somebody sent me to an acupuncturist who recommended a yoga teacher and I, by this time I had moved to Los Angeles and was introduced to Dr. Larry Payne who um, taught in Los Angeles who lived a couple of streets away and within two classes, I would say, a rather embarrassing first um, private class, where I think I remember blacking out when I um, was taught, told to breathe properly for the first time. And, um, but then after my first, I think the second class I did was a group class. And I was, as many people have said, 
felt that I'd come home. I finally found, I guess, the boots for the journey that I had undertaken. I'd started to question many things um, and explore metaphysics and psychology in great depth and personal um, application. And that really brought me into yoga, not just from a physical perspective, which was immensely um, healing to my to my lower back and gave me a um, much more confidence in my own in within my own body um, to re-embark on a lot of physical much more physical activity than I'd ever done before and I became really very very fit for a number of years and yoga, yoga was the center and I took that with me when I left um, the music business completely and came back to the UK and I just taught in London for some years um, I lived in Primrose Hill, had done since I was in the uh, university. And eventually in 2000, we opened Trey Yoga, got together with um, Tina and Ford Godwin, Tina Godwin and Ford Ennals and Jonathan Satin. And together we raised income and created Trey Yoga, the first one in Primrose Hill, which then expanded. I left after three years because I wanted to focus more on teacher training, set up the Yoga Academy. And, since then, really, the Yoga Academy has been my primary teacher training vehicle, um, something that I have met some wonderful people, not least of which are Vicky and Ruth, and through the Yoga Academy. But it's also led to um, a what I like to believe we've got a really wonderful family at the Yoga Academy, not just the faculty, but there's many teachers who choose to stay close with us and work alongside with us. And as such, we've set up the um, a new yoga online platform called homeyoga.life, which is uh, for myself um, and for Vicky and Ruth and other yoga academy teachers who would like to come and um, record classes of our fantastic studio, Santian, which leads me to the last point, which is where I'm now currently based um, at Santian Retreat in southern Spain. Um, it's quite spectacular here. We've got I, what I believe is the most beautiful yoga studio um, that I've ever taught in. And um, we run retreats all year round. I run about three or four a year. And I also run the Raw Fit Yoga uh, retreats for those people who would like to come and have a week of um, plant-based raw food, yoga, hiking, and fitness activities. So, um, at the same time, trying to make sense of all the madness that yeah. um, seems to be in the world in every aspect, from politics to, well, to everything else. It's, it's, um, we need our yoga to make sense of all this and to stay on an even keel. Absolutely. You've had a really interesting and diverse experience through life and you've truly been blessed, haven't you? It's wonderful to hear that story. I feel very fortunate. Every Everything I've done has been, whether it's been very successful or just worked fine or hasn't worked, it's all been great experience. Yeah. Particularly loved having a, a catering company in Hollywood for a couple of years with my partner, the mother of my beautiful daughter Samantha. That was a real experience and that's for a different podcast.
Wow, yeah. That's I, could talk, I, could talk, I could talk for hours about Hollywood movie stars and what it's like to work in their kitchen in their home and find out what they're really like. It was truly fascinating. Yeah, it it sounds like a whole podcast, that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's an, it's an, eat, an eat and tell podcast. <laughs> okay, tell us about yourself. Where? Tell us about your background, what you're about right now. We'd love to hear. So... I first came to yoga um, just over 20 years ago when I was at university. Um, at the time, probably wasn't going through a great time. Um, was struggling to make sense of everything. Um, couldn't really find any sense of stillness. Wasn't able to be on my own. I kind of always needed to be around stuff and people and noise. And saw yoga classes being advertised at the university and decided to go along and if I'm completely honest my entire motivation for going for my first yoga class is that I thought if I could learn to get my head foot behind my head that that would be a really great party trick <laughs> um, and what I hadn't expected was to go to that class and stealing a line that Simon used just now actually come home to myself and find a sense of calm and stillness that I hadn't experienced in I don't know how long I don't know if I ever had experienced so from that the journey um, grew and then after having had my two daughters and being made redundant I considered looking into teacher training um, from that found Yoga Academy and Simon, that's where Ruth and I both met. So again, I've been teaching just over 10 years. Um, didn't really ever think it would become my business um, and something that I really love. Um, so I feel very fortunate to be able to do it. Um, I'm currently studying yoga therapy, coming towards the end of two years of studying. Um, I teach a lot of pregnancy, postnatal, women's health, yoga for cancer. Um, and yeah, I feel very fortunate to have found it and be able to take it into my life in the way that I can. Thank you so much. And thank you all for sharing your, your journey. Isn't it interesting? We all come from a different way and, it's, uh, and it gives us you know, for, often for different reasons. And this is what we find with our students, isn't it? They, they come in with one idea and then leave with something entirely different and, you know, real gold, real magic. Yeah, yes, we can. I should add that I never did get my head behind, foot behind my head. <laughs> I stopped caring. <laughs> Dude, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Yeah. I spent, I spent half of my class saying, I know we can do that, but let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth what were you what yes yeah, Ruth well on, on the hyper mobile spectrum it's um definitely a, it's an easy peasy task but I haven't yet busted it out at a party but maybe maybe it's, it's about time maybe this is a year Ruth <laughs> there's, there's no parties though there's no party absolutely yeah. party for one <laughs> I don't know you can have a zoom party everyone's having a zoom party <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be opening presents with my kids on zoom I'm going to be <laughs> let's move on as I said before, we could just chat. So Simon, let's come to you. Can you tell us about the Hope Foundation, why it's such an important charity to support? 
how long it's been running and linking back to yoga and giving its roots in Southeast Asia. So, you know, talk about how those kind of things fit, to, fit together. I'm really excited to hear. We, there's a lot of um, details and data which we have, which we can share at another time that you could add into your um, supporting um, uh, text, if you like, just to help people um, see how widespread the, the work is. And I think one of the important things I'd like to say up front, and I, have, and, I, and I feel it's important to state this every time I make an announcement um, about the Hope Foundation, is, and that is that I would love everyone to be aware that the Hope Foundation is literally the number one registered charity that through an audit uh, of the, um, the census of the, of the charities in Ireland, where it was started, um, showed that the Hope Foundation has nine, uh, I think the last figure, if I'm not mistaken, Ruth, was 96%. In other words, 96 cents or 96 pennies of every euro or pound actually makes it to the actions of the charity on the streets of Calcutta and in the homes of Calcutta. Wow. And that's a, that's a, that's a massive percentage compared to um, many other charities which, which uh, have very, very high overhead costs and things. I think that's important for people to know. Mm -hmm. So all the money that we're raising, 96% you know, of it is actually making it to the streets of Calcutta. Mm -hmm. And the Hope Foundation was founded um, by Maureen and her, and her sister when they, when they went to Calcutta and basically saw the condition, the daily and, and nighttime conditions of thousands of families um, on the streets of uh, Calcutta, the Calcutta region, which is a vast area of Northeast India, and in particular, the children. And as you recognize, there are thousands of children on the street with no parents, no families, and were living in horrendous conditions on the street, and not only that, we're facing all sorts of other threats from humankind and disease and um, living conditions. And so Maraid started this charity now, and then it's just blossomed um, over you know, the last 20 years into a very, very efficient and effective charitable organization that particularly focus on offering um, healthcare, uh, homes where possible, um, training where possible, and education uh, to as many street and slum children as possible. Some of these children will actually be within Hope Foundation homes with great protection, nutrition, and education. But of course, it's impossible with our current uh, fundraising levels to be able to have enough homes so the Hope Foundation actually go into the slums, into the rubbish dumps, into the areas of the city uh, where Ruth, Vicky and I have also been with our um, fellow um, yogis that come on our, have come on our trip to Kolkata and literally take food, take um, uh, items of, of clothing and, and offer hands-on care throughout the day and night 
to with ambulances and um, and other mediums. And this is something that um, has made a huge difference to many, many children, some who have now have actually graduated from school and gone on into professions. Women have been able to be rescued from the sex trade. Uh, children have been rescued from the horrendous working conditions that they've been, with slave labor that they've been under and have been offered, as I said, new trades, new, new skills. Um, Vicky and Ruth, is there anything else that I've missed that you feel that it should be important to add that the Hope Foundation does? No, I think that covers um, the main work that they do. I mean, I think possibly important to add that um, they've now got 60, over 60 projects running in Calcutta. Um, you know, the work that they do is absolutely incredible. That is incredible. That, that's, you know, we, we live in such a removed way, don't we? Sometimes we don't hear about these things. We don't look at them. And often because it feels too painful to look. Um, and I like to think that maybe the work that we do in our yoga practice helps us to extend our heart so that we can, you know, we can not just feel heart sore, but also extend and do what we can to support our, our brothers and sisters world, the world over. Daniel, I could see you wanted to add something. I was just going to say, I seem to remember watching a program with Sue Perkins and, and that that feature didn't it around or there was a part of it that was to do with the hope foundation and she she went to one of these slums and then went back years later to to re-meet one of the the children that she had she had met on that first journey and actually the outcome for that young child wasn't so great was it you know she'd clearly been traumatized through living in the slum despite having some help and I remember watching that program and I think until sometimes you've seen it visually it's really difficult to understand the depth of despair that those people live within but also the irony of how India is is there's such joy and such connection and you know it's such a such a kind of a place of of of, of just kind of these deep comparisons with each other. And Vicky, I know you went to Calcutta quite recently, didn't you? Um, with, a, with a group of yoga um, students. And maybe you'd like to tell us a little bit about what that last experience was going out there for you. Yeah, um, of course. And um, I think that's really interesting what you've built up about the Sue Perkins documentary. Um, I remember the young girl that was on it, it was quite shocking because you did see the difference and quite clearly the trauma that she'd been through. She was a completely different child, which was quite upsetting to see. And actually it was um, the UN a few years ago stated that actually India is the most dangerous place in the world to be born a girl. Um, the things that these girls can face um, is quite harrowing and the traumas that they can go through. Um, so yeah, Ruth and I um, made a trip to Calcutta to go out and visit um, some projects, I think five years ago. And then we took another retreat out um, 
as part of a fundraising um, for the Hope Foundation three years ago. And we were due to be there again, actually, in um, this upcoming January, which obviously has had to be postponed. Um, and when you go out there, it's quite interesting you say about India being so joyful and Calcutta is actually known as the city of joy. Um, but it's quite interesting you go out there and there's such a disparity. Um, it is, and I think when we went out there, we were quite nervous the first time that it would be uh, quite difficult to see. Um, it's interesting what you said, Dawn, about how these practices, they really open up your heart and we kind of want to lose this sense of separation and otherness. Um, but actually what was really overwhelming um, for all of us when we first visited Calcutta is that sense of joy um, from the children within the Hope Foundation and actually the opportunities that they're now being given, they've been rescued for, for quite harrowing situations. Um, many of them are now within the Hope Protection Home receiving education, they have social work, they have counselling, they have group therapy, individual therapy, play therapy. So it's not all just focused around the education. It's a holistic healing for them that they're trying to give. Um, they're also giving vocational training. Um, maybe women that have been rescued from um, the sex trade or abusive marriages. Um, they're being given the means to be able to support their families, support their children. Um, they're trying to educate as well the communities, um, trying to change, you know, the huge gender bias that there is out there, um, trying to, you know, make it a better place for girls, for women, um, through the education. So that they've then got the prospects to move on and create change. It sounds um, it sounds really hopeful and really um, heartwarming um, that and, and well thought out actually. You know, like it's not just like throwing money at something. You know, that quite often is what happens, isn't it? You you see something, you feel a bit guilty, and you send a check. And, and then you turn away and you're like, I've done my bit. But actually what I'm hearing is real true structures being put in place to help people to help themselves actually, and to, um, to develop um, a different kind of life for themselves and, and the, the generations that are to come. Simon, I can see you wanting to interject. I just wanted to say that, um, thank you, Dawn. I just wanted to say that um, when, when I, the first time I went out to Calcutta many years ago when I was invited to become a, a patron for the Hope Foundation, I said I'd like to go there first to see it. And one of the projects that were, had just been launched there, which I was really impressed with, was um, training to help uh, actually the officials who basically there is a certain amount of money available from the Indian government for poverty and induced circumstances, but it never makes it to the street or seldom makes it to the street. And basically what the Hope Foundation have also been doing is to try and help 
um, educate and promote and find um, completely, of course, legal, but effective ways of sourcing such funding that is available, limited as it is, very sadly, given the wealth of the country at the top end. Mm. But they are make, making, uh, taking measures to try and really also not be solely reliant on the income from fundraisers such as ourselves and, and uh, to actually bring um, India to the table um, and make them uh, endeavor to ensure that the funding actually reaches where it's supposed to be and not get diverted into places where it isn't intended for. So I, mean, I was reading just before this podcast, um, just a little bio about the, the different patrons. And I really loved what you wrote as your first line on the Hope Foundation's website about yoga is the greatest gift that India has given the world. And I think it's beautiful that what you've done with the garden party is you've found a way to use yoga to give back to those people that are most in need in one of the most poorest cities in India. And Ruth, it would be really interesting to hear a little bit about the Yoga Garden Party <laughs> and how it's kind of, how it started, where it went to and where it's, where it's at now, because it's in quite a different form to where you first started it. <laughs> you to the first one that we, we had. No, I, do you know what? I came to the last one. <laughs> ah, I think that was the only one. The last one was the only one we had bad weather for. But we, we began um, in a back garden in Wimbledon 10 years ago, 100 people couple of classes running but the the idea came from from there you know that you know bringing people together to do yoga to 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 give every penny uh to the hope foundation and it, it has just grown and grown and grown and we found our kind of physical home for many years at Gore Place in Kent which is absolutely beautiful and where we trained with Simon where Simon ran trainings for many years um and we we've yeah we've been going for 10 years um, it's a fantastic, uh, what has turned into a weekend of yoga, or had, had been a weekend of yoga, where the main event was a day of classes running, simultaneous classes with some of the, the UK's really best loved teachers from all kinds of different disciplines, not just yoga, but meditation, qigong, um, we've had all kinds of different things, kirtan, yes, yeah, so it's been a really kind of wonderful exploration. Say again, Simon? Kids yoga, of course. Kids yoga, yeah. Kids yoga. We've had a kids tent with kids stuff running. So it's it's kind of gone from being just yoga focused to a day long event with music, stuff for kids, talks um, around, you know, different areas of yoga philosophy, amazing food. We've been so blessed to have incredible people catering and bringing their stalls, selling gorgeous things, um, all of which are ethical or homemade. Um, and again, people being so generous and coming together in a way that the yoga community is really, it's just been really heartwarming and in a really non-commercial way. I think that's what's really lovely about it. And, you know, that lots of our friends in different areas have kind of come together with us to support this event. And so obviously this year has presented a whole different, uh, a new form for all of us, which is to take it online. And the online format works fantastic for classes. We haven't quite figured out how to do the online food and <laughs> stools, but you know, that's uh, maybe something for the future. But 
we um we took it online in june and it was a roaring success i think way wouldn't you say vicky more successful than we assumed it would be because people have become adept at doing yoga at home and it's it's kind of opened up what's amazing now is that you can come to a yoga garden party class from from greece or from the us and and be together you know and this is what's so great about teaching online is it brings everybody together um and so we're back in january and we have uh, i think one of the best lineups we've ever had with an incredible mix of teachers doing all kinds of amazing classes um and yeah, we can't wait to get going with Simon's class on the 3rd of January. So Simon's kicking us off. We're running the whole month and Vicky and I are finishing the, the month with the Yang and Yin class right at the end of January. So yeah, come, enjoy the yoga with us, I hope. It sounds incredible. I think just so everybody, our listeners know, we will be um, you know posting links to this so that um, they can join in if they wish to. And um, if the podcast... Um, is out a little bit later we'll be posting those links earlier on our social media etc so to make sure that everyone's got the opportunity to support yes Ruth carry on so if if you are super keen the link uh, you can go to now is the hopefoundation.org.uk slash yoga garden party and you can see our full lineup of amazing teachers and classes at various times of day and week so it will hopefully fit in around work and family life that there'll be something for everyone including beginners there's quite a lot of the classes which if you aren't a adept yogi you're very welcome to come to there's a lot of somatic body work there's yoga meditation there's restorative yoga it's not all um, strong flowing stuff there's all kinds mm. for everybody and every kind of body is welcome oh beautiful i was just reflecting as i've been listening to you all um about the beautiful synergy of this that you know really yoga teaches us to dissolve the idea of any separation between ourselves and others. Um, we say that the more we, we feel and sense into our practices, we, we really see that there is no other, you know, that we're all one soul, one energy in human form. And, you know, an act of cruelty against anybody is an act of cruelty to ourselves ultimately. Um, and through our practices, you know, deep, we hope deep compassion and love and understanding arises. And I really feel that this um, charity that you're involved with is very much an expression born from the practices of yoga of, you know, this ultimate liberation. I don't know, do any of you have anything you'd like to comment around that idea? Yeah, Ruth. I think that's so beautiful. You said I had full shivers and yeah, it just, it's totally, I think, how we feel. And it's this feeling of connection that is so powerful and that we can give back and that we can give back in a way that, yeah, it's really going to make a difference that we've seen, you know, all three of us have gone and seen in person, the, the real difference it can make. And I think, you know, this is a really hard time. I think that COVID is affecting everybody in all kinds of different ways. But when you imagine how hard that is for some of these communities in India. It's in a way that is just so intangible for us. And it really, you know, to pay a 10 pound class donation here, that money really does translate into something really immense uh, on the ground in India. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine it does. Let's do that. Let's, you know, let's all set that intention. If you're listening to the podcast, maybe in a year, you know, a lot of people re-listen, you know, you can still donate, you know, this, this doesn't ever have to stop. We can, you know, it's the price of a coffee and a sandwich, you know, and you can really make something quite impactful in somebody else's life. And what, 
what greater practice is there you know asana is beautiful it does incredible things for our body and it's our step on our journey but ultimately loving each other is the true practice you know that 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 karmic work simon yeah what's been really heartening here is how many uh, individuals who are either through the yoga garden party or a yoga for hope or any of the other um, activities that we've done or, or indeed also uh, the hope foundation have done in ireland as so many yogis have chosen to sponsor a child and that is such a powerful and wonderful experience because not only are you giving an individual um hope and um, a life and and being able to fund the the, the 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 needs that each individual has but you engage you have a, a dialogue with this child and i've seen some students who have developed dialogues as vicky has with it was so beautiful when Vicky and I were there to see the children that Vicky um, is connected with and just the, the meeting of the children with Vicky again. It was just so beautiful to witness. So these children may be on the other side of the world, but they have this beautiful connection with the, the Hope Foundation and in particular the individuals that sponsor them, which offers them some semblance along with their carers in the homes of having a family, mm. which is something that I think we need to remind ourselves of, of what it must be like to grow up from a very young age with no family on the streets. I'll never forget walking into the, um, when Vicky and I were there last and we walked into the uh, slum near the great rubbish dump. What's the rubbish dump called again? I've forgotten. Um, Bagadam. So this humongous rubbish dump that rises hundreds of feet into the air through consistent dumping of rubbish where hundreds of children live and sleep amongst rats and pigs and vultures. And it was just so extraordinary when we got there to see the smiles and, as you say, the joy and the appreciation for what all of these many people who support them offer them. It's just so beautiful and so rewarding mm. to see, you know, we don't do this for a reward, but I can tell you that smile is the best reward you can ever receive. It is so beautiful. They want to play with you. They want to talk to you. They want to have fun with you. And they do. And at the same time, as, as um, Vicky and Ruth have both said, you know, there is that challenge of how do we feel in such a uh, strong um, environment where we see such poverty and it's right in front of our faces and there are, you know, us privileged individuals, you know, being right in the midst of it. It brings up an awful lot for us as individuals, or perhaps I, can, I should only speak for myself, and from that perspective, I think that in itself is a great learning and learning experience to, to use our yoga. And in these, in these circumstances and in these interactions is to, to, to just observe our emotions and our thoughts and our behavior in such, in such challenging. So it's interesting. Mm. It really is. And it really, 
reminds you to come back to the heart. Mm. Unconditional love. Mm. Unconditional love. It is the world's most potent medicine. That's all that we can do in our practice is to sit in love. Mm. That's you know that 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 is transformative for us and all beings. And I, I thank you for that 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 insight. I'm mindful of time because I know that somebody has to go quite quickly. Ruth, did you want to add anything before you can you dive off? No, you're all good. Let's. I, I was thinking, you know, we normally ask everybody about their their self care practice at the end of this, and my first thought was, self care for me is truly about compassion practices. You know, I get so much from it. You know, offering compassion and meditation and compassion acts that you know, in itself can be a self-care practice along with, you know, all the other wonderful things that we do to look after ourselves. But maybe just to, to round this up, we could finish with, uh, start with you, Ruth, in case you have to dive off and that's perfectly fine. What do you, maybe in a few words, what do you do to, you know, make sure that you're well? I guess this brings us back almost to what you guys were talking about at the beginning, but my um, absolute number one self-care at the moment is indulging in fiction just loving reading fiction after reading academic yoga texts, meditation texts for the last three years, just to indulge in fiction for the pure fun of reading a story is just the most, it just feels the most lovely thing to do for myself. So yeah, that's my self-care. Enjoy your reading. I hope you have some great books over Christmas. Maybe try that Graham Norton. What about yeah. you, Vicky? How do you look after yourself? So my number one thing is sleep. I'm real stickler for having my routine, making sure I get enough sleep because if I haven't, I'm not nice to be around. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is each day coming to some place of stillness and silence. Um, through my yoga therapy training, I've really um, embraced a mantra meditation practice, um, which is really powerful for me and something at the moment that's really anchoring me through this last year is something to come back to each day. Beautiful. Daniel, I can see you're waving. Are you waving at Ruth? I was waving at Ruth because she was, she was, a, she, she's got to, she's got to go. Um, Hi Ruth. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Simon, so what about you? I feel very blessed to be based somewhere where not only have we got an incredible yoga studio with everything I could possibly need to, to uh, support practice, but we're surrounded by hills and valleys. And I just love walking. Walking for me is uh, an important therapy. And um, in addition to that, uh, I have been spending the last um, six months gardening two to three hours a day. I love gardening. It's something, something I've always enjoyed and something I've really, for the first time, probably since I had for a short period, have a, had a cottage in Hampshire, it's probably the first time I've really been able to be somewhere for a consistent period of time to really work on gardening. <laughs> and that's one gift that this lockdown and coronavirus has, has given me, which I really appreciate. So you can actually stay and see everything growing and blossoming. And now, of course, as we come to autumn decaying, mm. but it's, a, it's a, a, a very important to me, that aspect I now realize. Mm. 
lately um for leisure i actually dived into game of thrones something i've been wanting to watch for years and i've never been in one place long enough and it's kind of i started it once dropped and then dropped it because i got busy and and I've, i'm now on the last season oh. episode two <laughs> of the last season and i'm thoroughly engrossed in it it's been a wonderful as vicky said fiction and fantasy they're, they're they're very very helpful just to bring us away from dealing with right now in particular was not particularly uh, certain times and comfortable times it's just good to have a um be able to be lost in something yeah some great fantasy and i think great game of thrones is pretty jolly good really <laughs> Game of Thrones is incredible. I read the books and then watched it, and because um, I'm a obsessive reader, and uh, I don't, I'm interested. The last season I felt was quite different. I think it's a different director. They had a real different feel to it, and uh, you're in for a real treat. I'm not going to tell you anything. Don't worry. Enjoy that last season. <laughs> I'm actually. I feel like I might pick up the books now and read the books because I thought it was excellent. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Daniel, let me pass back to you to round things up. Thank you, Dawn, and thank you, Vicky, Ruth and Simon for being here today. It's been a real pleasure to hear these amazing work that you're doing uh, with the Hope Foundation. And I would really actively encourage everybody that is listening to, to sign up to one of the classes on the um, Yoga Garden Party website or alternatively, like Simon was saying, donate or if possible, you know, if you want to sponsor a child, there'll be information on the Hope Foundation website about how to do that as well. I think it's so important if we're taking something from a practice like yoga that we also give back in some way as well. And it's really, it's really inspired me actually. And I'm, I'm going to look at actually the, the sponsoring a child for myself because it's something that really touched me as you were speaking Simon so thank you for opening that pathway into my heart <laughs> um, thank you Daniel thank you. we um, Dawn and I um, have got quite a few recordings coming up um, we're speaking very soon to um, Uma Dinsmore Tully um, about her amazing work that she does um, with Yoga Nidra and the Yoni Shakti movement and book that she is spearheading. And then in January, we are speaking to a really amazing local lady who is a forager and she goes out into nature and finds different things that you could eat or produce um, meals from from within our sort of local vicinity of the of the Thames estuary. So we're really looking forward to chatting to her because it's kind of something quite different. And we had a pre-chat with her and she was fascinating. Um, she's, a, she's a social worker and um, that uses foraging as a way to kind of unwind herself from the social work that she does with, with children. So um, we're really looking forward to chatting to Louise. So as ever, if you've got any feedback, please do let us know. You can email into the Anahata website. You can leave us a review or comments on the Apple podcast page. And please do subscribe. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you, Vicky, Ruth and Simon for being here. And we wish you all well. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Thank you.
Thank you for having us. Thanks, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.